he's a well-respected high school football scout, known for his unpopular opinion and brash commentary. The coach, Keith Miller. He's a well-respected national high school football recruiting analyst. Craig Biggins. Together they bring you the transparent truth, the world's number one source for high school football recruiting news and interviews. The transparent truth. <laughs> welcome, welcome. You're now listening live to the Transparent Truth. It's your boy, Coach Keith. I'm in the house. Greg Biggins sitting to my right. GB, how you feel? I feel pretty good. How do you feel, Coach Keith? It's Five Star Friday, my friend. It sure is. On a Tuesday. (laughs) (laughs) On a Tuesday. I hope people always know that. I hope people always know that stuff we're talking about is like three days old. Yeah, it is three days old. But you know what? I think still relevant. Yeah, still relevant. I think people appreciate our efforts nonetheless. But uh, I know we got some recruiting we want to get into. We got a terrific interview with uh, new interim head coach over at Oaks Christian, Mr. Charlie Collins. But before we get to that, we got to remind people about our Sleeper of the Week. Hey, we want to remind everybody, tune in every Wednesday for our Sleeper of the Week segment. Really want to thank our guy, Larry Miller. He's allowing us to showcase unknown prospects that need to be brought to the spotlight. Larry is all about family and community, and his support is helping to change the lives of young players across the country. Each week, young men are getting scholarship offers after being featured on this show. So thank you, Larry. When we have business and a man that is really interested in the community, we need to show our support right back at him. Sit and Sleep is the only place that offers advanced sleep technology. Greg? Body diagnostics. That's five-star stuff. This is high-quality stuff. Lay down on a mattress, and within seconds, thousands of sensors can help you find the absolute right mattress for you. Wow, within seconds? Seconds. Man, that's awesome. Sit and Sleep. They'll beat anyone's advertised price, or your mattress is free. Appreciate you, Larry Miller. Thank you, Larry. And we're back. So, GB, you got some recruiting nuggets for us, a couple uh, offers that are going out. So, what you got? Yeah, not, nothing too earth-shattering, no new commitments, but just talking to some people over the last couple of weeks, we have uh, some guys taking visits all over the place. Um, we had our guy, Jonathan Perkins, visit Oklahoma this past weekend. He loved it there. Nice. I think Oklahoma's got a real shot at Jay Perk for sure. Also, to Gabriel Floyd, who's now at Westlake High School. Uh, he visited Texas. Loved it. Loved it. Kind of hard not to love these trips. Uh, same with the Westlake theme. Cameron Fabi Kalana is going to visit USC this weekend. Not offer. Uh, not offer. I can't speak. No offer yet from the Trojans. Although I do think they are showing interest. And I think he can play there. I mean, I think Cam's really, really good. But he has upcoming March visits to Washington and Oregon. Those are probably the two schools I think are doing the best yeah. with Cam right now. It'll be interesting to see if USC does offer. A whole bunch of players from the premium 7-on-7 seven seven team are going to Arizona this weekend to take in the junior days at ASU and Arizona. Yep. I'm not sure which day is which. Saturday, Sunday. They're having junior days. So ASU will be Saturday or Arizona will be Sunday. Reverse that, whatever the order is. But uh, Javon Wilson from Valencia, uh, Mikhail Wright. Uh, we had Braid Huffman Dixon. We had a ton of those guys are all going to be going out there. We'll have the full list for you next week when we actually see who took that visit. But talk about those two Valencia kids, Javon Wilson, Mikhail Wright. They're both also going to visit Washington together. Washington is doing pretty well for both. Talked to Javon for a while. 
He said probably uh, Oregon and Washington are the two schools that uh, probably recruiting him the hardest. Mikhail Wright, he's got a visit coming up to USC, and uh, I think Washington also is recruiting him pretty heavily. UCLA is, in, is, is involved there, and uh, he's kind of been hit up by everybody right now. Uh, Teron Madison, another kid who Washington State just offered, but he said Washington, Oregon are probably his top two. Utah is also making a big push for them. Uh, then we had Jude Wolf, looked phenomenal in that recent 7-on-7 seven seven tournament passing down. I love, love seeing Jude get the ball. Yeah, talked about that. Talked about yeah. that a lot last season. Yeah. Give give Jude the ball, but he visited Notre Dame recently, and tell you what, man, he just seemed like a Notre Dame kind of kid. He just kind of strikes me as that guy you could see yeah. in South Bend. So I know both LA schools are pushing hard. He'll visit Michigan as well. Ethan Ray staying with the tight end theme uh, at an Orange Lou. Not 100% yet. Remember he had that ACL injury, but he just visited ASU this past weekend. I know he liked that quite a bit. Justin Flo recently offered by Alabama. The Pride of Hawaii, Fatui Tuatelli, uh, he's going to line up unofficial visits to Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, and Oklahoma. And then Ryan Halinski has a busy, uh, a busy week. He's taken uh, unofficial trips. So this show is Friday, so we're taping Tuesday. So by the time this show airs, he'll have already taken these visits because okay. it's going on as we speak. We're kind of talking, uh, talking behind us now, but Duke, Ole Miss, Georgia, and Tennessee are all going to get unofficials this week, and then he's going to visit Oregon in March as well, and the Ducks recently offered him a scholarship. I think he's highly intrigued by Oregon. So that's about it as far as recruiting notes. Like I said, no new commitments, but just a little something. There's always something going on. Really like Ryan Helensky, man. I like him as a leader. Oh, I man. like him as a guy with terrific confidence at the quarterback position, a gunslinger. I like a guy that's going to try to fit the ball in the tight spots and believes in his arm strength and his accuracy. It's just something about that Ryan Helensky, Greg, that just really, really intrigues me. Not now in high school, but at the next yeah. level. Yeah. Improved his body, improved his athleticism. You know, he can roll out, which, you know, 7-on-7 seven seven, you don't see a lot, but he still showed me, you know, improved athleticism, improving his body. And like you mentioned, man, he's just the greatest kid ever. Sure. Just an easy kid to root for and, you know, continue to pray for the Helensky family. And obviously, everyone knows uh, what, ha- what went down with, uh, with Tyler Helensky. But Ryan is just so easy to root for. And, uh, yeah, man, his game is he's, – he's going. He's, he's, his game is going this way, which you can't see what I'm doing. It's going up. My hand is going up that direction. Uh, Jaden Daniels also uh, interesting with him. So uh, I, I think kind of curious – for the last couple weeks, who was going to be UCLA's offer in the 19 class? Sound like Jaden Daniels is, the, is going to be their guy. They haven't offered yet, but talking to him and the family, it's like UCLA's shown pretty heavy interest in him. Uh, but he's going to take spring visits to Alabama, Florida State, Oregon, and Nebraska. All of those schools have already offered him a scholarship, as has USC, kind of the childhood favorite. So I'm curious to see what USC does with their 2019 quarterback. They just took JT Daniels in the 18 class. So will that hurt them getting the guy in the 19 class? Is someone going to want to follow behind JT Jaden Daniels, no relation to JT, but he does have a USC offer, and uh, I think his stock is going to continue to go up this spring and summer as well. He's a good-looking quarterback and outstanding all-around young man. Yeah, no question about it. Another guy I'm so intrigued with that you mentioned, like you said, Jude Wolf. Yeah, I love Jude as a vertical seam tight end 
with his long frame, but his big body. He's got the frame to add 20 more pounds mm-hmm. easily, Greg. Uh, I don't know what he is right now. Probably maybe 235. Probably. Or so. But probably. I can see him playing at 255. Yeah, he's got a big frame. He's a naturally big kid. Yeah, you know, long arms, soft hands. I like to see him become more improved as a blocker, be more dominant at the point of contact. But in terms of being a big-time target in the middle of the field or a guy that can create a mismatch in the red zone or third-down conversions, I just really like his ability to run routes, catch the football, and it showed a little run after got a little athleticism. So Jude Wolf, like you said, didn't get the ball much this yeah. past year. Of course, they got a plethora of talent at Bosco, and DJ's got a ton of guys to throw to. But I really like Jude Wolf's projection and his upside moving forward. There's some good tight ends out west this year. Oh yeah, talk about Ethan Ray. We'll see how he bounces back. But another guy who we talked about who didn't get the ball a lot was modern days Michael Martinez. Saw him this past weekend, and the guy's freaky looking. Yeah, like when you see him without pads on. You're like, dude, this guy looks like an NFL tight end right now. I mean, he's probably 6'6". He's wow. probably 250. And I would bet there is probably, probably has 7% body fat. Yeah. And the guy is just rocked out. And, man, he, he was making plays. He can run. He can catch. He's a bas- former basketball player. So he got that whole hand-eye coordination thing, which is kind of important for a receiver. How fluid is he? Extremely. Really? He looks good. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I he mean- looks like he could, he could go. Just a matter of getting him getting involved in the offense. So in terms of his skill set, you talked about 6'6", 250, you know, trim, mm-hmm. but 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 muscular, huge hands, yeah. huge feet. Who give me a comparison at the you know at the ultimate level, at the NFL level. I know it's not really your thing, but give me somebody that he may compare to or you can see him projecting into in five years. Gosh. Um how tall is Antonio Gates? 6'5". Okay. I mean, former basketball player. Sure. Uh, really athletic. Yeah. Again, not saying he's going to be as good as that guy. I'm just right, saying right. from a body no. standpoint sure. and an athletic standpoint, I mean, that's a guy who you can look at and see, like, this is going to be a hard cover yeah. in three or four years. Yeah. I can see that. I definitely when I was talking about Jude Wolf, I started thinking about who comparison would be. I thought Travis Kelsey okay. was probably a good comparison. I don't sure. know if Jude is as fluid because Kelsey is super oh, fluid. Yeah. Uh, but I think in due time he can be because he he seems like a really good athlete. He yeah. moves well. Basketball player also. Basketball like, player. I think Jude still might play hoops. Oh really? I think Michael doesn't anymore because it's, it's kind of he said it's kind of hard in modern day to, to double. But I know last year when I talked to Jude, he was double sporting. Yeah. So I'm not sure if he did it this past year. But man, I, I always I've, I'm always going to be a fan of people playing multiple sports and if you're a, a tight end or a lineman man what better sport for your feet and for your athleticism than playing basketball or you know even track yeah so uh a lot to be said for those former basketball players man if you're a 6'5 power forward you're small yeah but if you're a 6'5 tight end you're huge there's no question. So play both sports, but football might be your bigger upside down the down the road. Yeah, I was just I was just reading something online. I was talking about how, you know, kids five eleven to six foot one, they all want to be receivers. I saw and there that. are a million of those guys yeah. across the country, but there's only a few thousand cornerbacks that play. Daniel Jeremiah, right? Yeah, Daniel so, Jeremiah. Yeah. Dude, we'll, 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 when we get you know, NFL draft comes on, we'll get him on. Great guy, great dude. Yeah. And he can break it down. But, yeah, I, I'm a big fan of what, what you just said, man. Corners, just you can't find them. They're hard to find. And that's interesting uh, because there are a ton of those guys with that type of frame, mm-hmm. that type of length, and athleticism across the country. Yeah. But everybody wants to line up out wide, I know. get into a receiver stance, and run a route. Yeah. Uh, and it's kind of as, you know, I, 
I think the whole Odell Beckham thing plays a part, right? Sure. It's the marketing position. Let me catch it. Let me run. Let me do a dance. Let me put on shades. I like DBs. Yeah. No, I like guys who shut guys like that down. Yeah, I'm a no, defensive guy. I'm the same way. You know I'm what I mean? same way. So, no, that was a great stat by DJ. I'd actually heard that stat before. If you're under a certain size, you have a much better chance of making the NFL as a corner than you do as a receiver. So, uh, I'm, such, I'm such an NFL draft geek. Back in the day, when really? I was 12 rounds, I would literally sit in my room. And watch all 12 and watch rounds? watch all 12 rounds. Oh, no. Maybe go to the bathroom a couple times. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. But, dude, I'm a, I'm a total draft nut, so I would love to get DJ on here and talk a little draft, man. Talk about a local, a local guys, right? Might see yeah. a couple of Southern, Southern Section kids go one and two yeah. with Sam and, and Rosen and have DJ break down, you know, Baker Mayfield. and We're getting way off topic right now. but No, that's all right, though. You know, NFL draft, man, it's, it's football. No, it definitely is football. You know what? He, Daniel Jeremiah does one of the better jobs that I've seen in terms of projecting mm-hmm. guys to the next level and sliding guys in mock drafts. Mm-hmm. Mike Mayock, I can't <laughs> – he's not very good to me. Um, and I'm highly critical of those guys. Yeah. It's a hard job, obviously. It, it is. It is. But I, I think DJ and, and my guy, Bucky Brooks, who – Yeah, Bucky's traveled, my guy. Yeah, Bucky absolutely. and me traveled together on the Nike camp tour for years. So yeah, sure. I know him as a person. So I know these guys actually know football. So some guys you, you can see they go on the TV and maybe fake it a little bit. A little bit. You can say a bunch of stuff and look like you know what you're doing, right? Sure. But I know DJ and I know Bucky. Yeah. They know football. There's no question. Extremely well. And the thing I like about them is they're both – they watch high school football. Yeah. Like it's funny how many times I'll tweet out something watching a prep zone game and DJ would be like, yeah, and he'll say something. I'm like, you're watching this high school game on prep zone right now? That's right. But I think if you're DJ or Bucky, why not? If you're an NFL draft guy and, and you know these guys, it's all about projection. Sure. And you're protect, protecting these guys from college to NFL, what great a resource to be able to say, I watched him in high school. Of course. I saw him in high so that's got It's all part of the evaluation. It is. And uh, that's one thing that I tend to lean on in terms of my projection, Greg, is I know what it looks like in ninth grade. I know what a first-round pick looks like in ninth grade because mm-hmm. I've seen it. I've sure. coached it. When you see a guy, you know, their later years in high school, you know what a Jadavion Clowney looks sure. like because you've seen him kind of come through the recruiting rankings and so on and so forth. So, yeah, Jeremiah Bucky is a guy that I've known for, I don't know, 10, 11 years. Um, they do a great job. Yeah. Uh, we'll again, get them on. We'll get them both on yeah. at some point. Mike Mayock, I'm not a big fan of. We won't get Mike on then. No, let's not bring we'll, him on the we'll, show. We'll keep, we'll keep him out. Well, I'll have a big issue we, with that. We have, a, we have a designated, you know, DJ and Bucky are going to be our designated NFL draft guys. Gurus. Gurus. Of the draft. We'll so, get them both. Moving right along, we got a terrific interview coming up with – Interim head coach Charlie Collins, GB, what'd you think about this interview? Yeah, it was fun, and obviously, uh, you know, Westlake is a different world. You know, if you if you follow, you know, not just Westlake football, but it's different out there. You know, with with different coaches, and you always hear, you know, baseball or you know the basketball. This coach sure. had to resign. This guy, you know, it's different. You know, the parents carry a lot of weight in that area. So. Yeah. Hopefully for, for Coach C, if he is going to be the permanent head coach, they give him a chance yeah. to be the guy. I'll tell you what, man. I think you know in this day and age of players transferring out, I think if they kept Coach C around, I think they're going to keep most of those guys, and not all of them. No one's going to transfer out because right. everyone respects him as a, as a person and as a coach. And then, uh, shoot, man, there's going to be a whole lot of receivers wanting to transfer in to yeah. get coached up by Coach Charlie Collins, who's a wide receiver guru. Yeah, I mean, widely known in the football industry yeah. as being a top-level 
wide receivers oh, yeah. coach. Uh, Chad Johnson. He can coach an NFL. He can go coach NFL receivers right now. Right. So at the high school level, and I'm not trying to trying to pu- push anybody to any any school. No, no. This is just saying the guy is highly qualified, and right. uh, you know, like I said, right now I think you know you can kind of see in the interview he, he you know probably some things he couldn't really go into full detail on, but uh, still you know really good to catch up with him, and you know we'll catch up with him in a couple of months and kind of see where things are at with him. Yeah, no question about it. So, ladies and gentlemen, Charlie Collins, new interim head coach. Oaks Christian Lions. All right, now we'd like to bring in um, interim head coach, new interim head coach at Oaks Christian High School, Mr. Charlie Collins. Coach Collins, how you doing? Good, good. How you doing? I'm doing all right. I got my man Greg Biggins with me. He's going to be shooting transparent truth questions to you. Uh, uh, and do the best you can answering those as transparent as possible. Uh, I, I will. Hey, Coach D, how are you, man? Hey, Greg, how are you doing, buddy? How you been? Long time. Dude, so 20 years, I think we go back, and uh, it was funny, we kind of talked a little bit off the air, and I don't know if you even remember this, Coach, but the very first time we met, it was a little controversial, if you remember the story, we were trying to get on to use a field for an event, you were already at that field, working the event, we were like, Coach, you got to get off the field, and you didn't want to get off the field, I think we eventually had you work the camp for us, that was the right. first time I ever met you, that was like 20 plus right. years ago, but uh, always good to connect that. with you, man. I like mine, man. It's been a while, but yeah, I remember that time indeed, for sure. So, I mean, I'm not trying to use too much hyperbole, but I mean, Coach Collins, Phenom Factory, I mean, you are the best receiver coach out there, not just at, not just at the high school level. And I want to get into, you know, Oaks Christian and, and you're the, the interim head coach, kind of the process, and even last year being the OC, but man, let, let's go old school a little bit. If you can, take me back over the years and just from, from when you first started Phenom until now, Kind of how have you seen things change? It, obviously, nowadays, a lot of seven-on-seven, seven, um, a lot of different types of personal workouts. What was your right. vision back when you first started? Kind of what well, you're, you know, you know. Yeah, that's a great, great question, Greg. And, 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 and you know, and actually, see now, you know, the, I mean, it seems like, uh, like yesterday, but, you know, you know, as you know, Greg, Phenom was, the whole, the whole idea of Phenom was really all about just uh, player development. Uh, we weren't, you know, doing seven on sevens then. We were, we were. It, it was just technique central. You know, it was all about technique, fundamentals, uh, teaching guys to play it at a high technical level, which over time they advanced to play it at a higher level. As, as you know, you remember the days of Chad Johnson. He couldn't uh, stand on his feet. But you know, I think you know what you know what you see from what we were doing back then, and what they're doing now. I think uh, it's almost like AAU football. Which you know, for me, that uh, I, I just stay away from. I think you know, when you look at Oaks, when you look at Oaks and what and what we were able to accomplish, you know, uh, you're really talking about young sophomores that really had to play the whole year just simply on technique because you know they, we didn't have the most talented group, but uh, they were just the kind of exemplary of what you know Phenom was all about, really. Now, Coach, this is kind of embarrassing for me to say. I didn't even know you were at Oaks until I think I saw you post a picture on Facebook after you guys won a CIS title. When did you actually start at Oaks? And talk about that process. And I, you know, I assume you're the receiver coach, then you're the you know, offensive coordinator. But mm-hmm. when did you actually start at Oaks Christian? Well, you know, I mean, me and Coach Bankway, we had, we had talked in the summer. And, you know, obviously I was doing some stuff with the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame Academy. And, and so I was not going to coach originally because I was going to spend some time and watch my son. And I said, you know, uh, uh, maybe I'll wait till next year. And then I... I turned down a few things, so I was going to fit it out and just wait and, 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 and get back in next year. And so a friend of mine uh, approached me and said, you know, 
you know, Oaks needs a coach, and you and Coach Banker would be a great fit. And so, when uh, when the opportunities presented itself, I you know I, I looked into it. The next thing you know, uh, we were very like minded, and, and then the next thing you know, we kicked it off, and 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 there you have it. It just kind of it just kind of happened all at once, you know. You guys just started to roll. You know, we actually watched your first game of the year against Chaminade. Things look. A little bit ugly, I'll be honest, Coach. And then you guys just got it rolling, end up going with the title with a really young team. You know, what was it like, kind of alternating different quarterbacks? And I know in that final state game, you, you played about 18 different quarterbacks, it seemed like. But what was that season right. like for you? And offensively, what were you trying to do? And, and uh, you know, just how fun was that for you, being involved at the high school level? I, again, I've always saw you on the, on the side training kids, but I did. I always thought there's no way you could coach high school. You didn't have enough, enough time to do it, but you, obviously you guys got it rolling. Right. You know, it was, you know, you know when we were, you know, when we, when we had that game against Chaminade, you know, we, we, we didn't have a scrimmage game, and, and, and so that was our first time out the gate, gate, you know, playing somebody. So we didn't know who our kids were. We didn't know uh, what we were going to be as far as offensively because they were, it was a new group. So uh, that was kind of like the scrimmage in itself. And then when I, when, when we looked at that, the first thing I said to coach was, you know, uh, we, you know we might have to scale back and, 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 and kind of reinvent who we are because for what we wanted to do and, and for what we had at that time, we just had to go back and adjust to the talent that we were working with and then go to where they were at and then just build them from there and then over time begin to you know, advance and advance them more schematically and, and technically. So it was a process. So you're really talking about just going from just from scratch and then just find out what we can do well and then begin to build on it. But it was a, a year of, I would say, just every day I found myself, Greg, just building up on their IQ, building up on their technique, teaching them how to play, you know, you know, all in all in one so it was everything on the fly so it was it was crazy so but it was it was exciting because you know you had kids that had, were sponges and they really wanted to learn football and and like I said and that's really what it was like for me because they I really had kids who really wanted to learn it you know the right way and you had some good athletes too and that always helps right and, and I wanted to kind of throw some oh, names yeah. at you and just kind of break them down for me what was it like you know Zach Charbonnet big time running back and and what kind of kid is he? How talented is he? Is he a worker? Is he coachable? Break Zach down for me on and off the field. Zach Charbonnet is probably one of the uh, the, the nicest kids you ever want to meet. He has great parents, you know, and, and he's a kid that's been obviously raised the right way and, and whatnot. But when you talk about a football player, he works harder in practice than he does in the game. He's just a machine. And his upside is tremendous because of the fact that, you know, it wasn't up until this year that, you know, that uh, I really didn't realize how much Zach did know and did I because he did so many things on his own. And so this year, I mean, I mean, I can just see him just being through the roof because you talk about a talent, but uh, just such a high character kid and, and just a football machine. He can he can just really play the game. I, I would say out of the back, you know, I've seen a ton of them, Greg, and he's, he's probably one of the best high school uh, backs I've seen in about 10, 15 years for sure. What about just a sophomore, just a pup, but, but wide receiver Bryce Farrell? Obviously, I know you work closely with him. Uh, what kind of upside yeah. does, does Bryce have? How much do you like him? Well, you know, as you know, Bryce Farrell's been in my Vietnam camp since he was nine years old, so and I'm very close to Bryce, you know. And uh, he, you know, this is this is the first time he ever got a chance to actually have me coach him every day and, and to watch him grow and be, being able to make adjustments and, and teach him the game and, and, in real time. 
and I mean, he ended up having, he ended up being obviously uh, a leading receiver, and, uh, and uh, you know, actually, I think he was probably the leading receiver in the in, in the state, close to it this year. He almost had 1,500 yards, but he he played big time football, and this year, I'm expecting uh, so much more, not just from a production standpoint, but just in terms of how he's going to play the game uh, from a schematic thing and things I'm going to do with him, how I'm going to move him around. So it'll be really exciting to you know uh, get Bryce back in the fold again. One more name that I obviously want to talk about, Oaks Christian and, and you as the, the new interim head coach, but what about a guy like Josh Calvert? I know he played quarterback. For me, guy just looks like a football player. I know he played linebacker and safety. You know, how, how tough and what kind of character and, and just how, again, upside-wise, how good can Josh Calvert be at the next level? Uh, you, you just said it, tough. He's a football player. He's the leader of our team. Uh, I call him Nails. He is tough as Nails. Uh, uh, big arm. He, I mean, you, know, you talk lined up when he's on that side of the ball playing uh, backer for us and then and we were able to plug him in at quarterback whenever it's a luxury to being able to plug and play him at any time at quarterback and, and him being able to I mean obviously he has a big he's a baseball player as well he has a big time arm he's tough you can do a lot of stuff in the run scheme with him because of the fact that you know a lot of RPO stuff uh, he is uh uh, I mean, he is really the you know the leader, one of the leaders of our team, and one more guy that we haven't talked about, which is probably you know the uh, you know one of the you know, and we got four of them. Is, is Kevon Thibodeau. He's another one that's uh, an animal. So we have four guys on our team that are, are outstanding. No, no doubt. We we love Kevon. I actually had Kevon on the show a couple of weeks ago after signing day. So he's not only a great football player, but man, is he intelligent and articulate. And I know Keith and I love talking with him. You know, he, he's got a plan. For not just football, yeah. right? I mean, he's one of those guys that football doesn't work out. He's going to be just fine, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He, he, and it's a good thing to show you guys. He's just not just a football player. He is a uh, a kid who definitely knows what he wants. I mean, and and, and again, he like like the other guys, he, he, he works his tail off. But all of them, the, the biggest thing I like about them all is that they're such high-character kids, just men of high that you just don't talk about the other side outside of football but the things they do in the communities how they represent the school um and it's what all about what the mission of the school is is, is, is building men of faith and of high character and using football as a vehicle to be able to do it and i'm just uh, fortunate that the uh you know that the administration has that's entrusted in me to to keep uh navigating this team and, and get them to that place that we know we can get to on the field but also developing them as men off the field so it's exciting so that's a perfect segue coach let's talk about the last couple of weeks for you and obviously I, maybe I, I'm on the outside but from I had no clue what was going on until I saw someone tweet out about coach Bankert was either you know was resigning forced to resign I don't, I don't know what the term was but if you can what, what was the last couple of weeks for you like going from coach Bankert resigning to, to present day where now you're the you're the guy you're the you're the head interim head coach hopefully the new head coach I, I know you're the guy for that job that would do an awesome job but taping from the time when coach Baker resigned up until present what has your life been like well needless to say it's been it, it's been like uh it's been nonstop, you know and you know uh if you know if, if I hadn't been through uh, what I've been through as a football coach in pro football and, and development leagues and all the things I've done as a coach it would be overwhelming but the biggest thing is is, is uh you know, I just you know, I, I just wrap my hand around the kids because they were the, they're the most important thing in this in this whole in this whole deal, and so I had to just basically just you know you know nav- you know 
patch things up, get the kids back, you know, back on board with the with the mission at hand. And it, it, obviously, it's been crazy and been tough. But at the same time, uh, the kids are, are resilient and, and the same resiliency they show. You know, being a team that nobody thought was going to obviously you couldn't have dreamed of us winning a title. And so that's the same resiliency that they've had going through the season. They've shown that to me during going through this time because uh, uh, you know they trust me and uh, and and and. Uh, and they uh, love me, and, and it's vice versa. So they know that together we're going to get it done anyway. So it's been it's been tough, but at the same time, I've gotten a lot of great support from the administration. I can't tell you how supportive that the administration at the school has been towards me and uh, and and helping me get this thing uh, together. So it, it's been uh, it's been crazy, but at the same time, I've I've gotten a lot of great support. So it's been all good. So moving forward, what is, I mean, give me a typical day in the life of, of Charlie Collins. I mean, are you actively right now involved in, in bringing a staff in? Are you handling off-season workouts? I mean, are you doing all that kind of stuff? Well, you know, it's a lot of things going on, you know, uh, you know scaling back some things. You know, obviously during off-season is when I deal with a lot of the NFL guys, as you know, something that I've always done forever. And so obviously we're still developing and getting those guys together. But obviously when you wear these hats, I'm kind of just – you know, getting to find out, you know, uh, who, uh, you know, the staffing and stuff, that's a whole nother conversation for another day. That's, that's a, another challenge within itself. But, you know, just doing the, the day-to-day things to, to make sure that uh, we're on task with what, you know, we have to do going forward. So I, I would just say a day for me is a full day. I would say a <laughs> day. Hey, hey, Charlie, I know you got to go. You're, you're super busy. But last one for you, at least for me, you know, kind of football now versus football, you know, when you first started, you know, even going back 10 to 15 years ago, it seemed like it's radically changed with the off season. Like we already talked about the seven on seven, you know, with, mm-hmm. with transfers and how many guys are coming in and out. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would you say has been the biggest difference in football today versus maybe 10, 15 years ago? Well, you know, Greg, I tell you, it saddens me because, you know, you know what I've always been about with with these kids. You and I go back 20 years. And I've always been about just developing kids, doing it the right way. And and you can remember, I was sending kids to college uh, without 707. As you know, Chad Johnson and C. Smith, all these guys, there were no 707s. They were coming out working hard, going to school, doing it the right way, not feeling entitled like like what you get today. And And it really saddens me because it's, it's really turned into uh, street agent football. I, I don't think the um, I don't think the um, the uh, the onus is on the. It's about I don't think the the onus is about the kids. I think it's about uh, the people who are involved in it. And I think it's more AAU ish to me. And that's just something that I, I would never be a part of. And it's just something that you know I've I've never I've never I've never been as you've never been. So I, 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 it's disappointing. But I, I, I must say, uh, the guys that, I, that I've uh, had around me all these years, we've always did it the right way, you know. And uh, I think it's always going to be about development for me, as you know, Greg. If a receiver wants to, you know, develop and, and learn how to play football at the highest level, he'll come and, and learn how to play it from us. If he wants to uh, be told he's uh, special and whatnot, then he can go play 707 and be one of those guys who doesn't work. So uh, I... I, I I, I hate to say it, but I, I'm, I'm a little disappointed because I think it's turned into an AAU situation, and I don't think it's really about the kids at all. I think it's about the people that are involved in it. So that's my opinion. But yeah, it's, I, and that's not very no, happy. no, no. I, and, I, and I and I sense that from you talking again, talking kind of you know off off air. But uh, all I know, man, is if a receiver does want to get better and, and put work in, 
Uh, there's no better guy than you. I was watching, I was at a seven on seven tournament. It pays me to say, because I know you're not a big fan of those. Bear with me, Coach C. But there was some, some receivers out there just kind of wearing sunglasses and being goofy. All I could think about was, dude, I would love to see Charlie Collins get a hold of this guy. There would be no sunglasses while he was no. getting a workout in with you. That would be for darn sure. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and you, know, I, you know, I would say all the guys that you know that, that, that are, you know, when you see that, you know, they just says, you know, that that's what's wrong with it. You know, it's, um, it's the uh, – the, the entitled, the, the showman, and whatnot. And I think the game, you still need to have fun with it, but it's a certain way you play the game and a, in a certain in a certain way of respect that you bring to the game, and it's, it's almost disrespectful. You know, we always say respect the game and, and, and treat the game the way you want it to treat you. So we keep that model, and, and that's what it's always going to be about for us. Respect. I must have said that. Respect the game 20 times this past weekend, so it's good to hear you say that. But, dude, Coach, I know you got to run. I know you got a billion things to do, but uh, – Thanks for coming on with us. I appreciate you, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how the next kind of couple couple months get get going for you and, and the Oaks Christian yeah. family and all that. And hopefully, yeah. uh, when things settle down a little bit and, and football's getting ready to kick off, maybe back in August, September, get you come come right back on with us and give us an update on how uh, on how you're doing out there. Oh, sounds good. We'll be ready to go. Awesome. Thanks, Coach C. I appreciate you, man. Okay. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Coach Collins. We appreciate Coach Collins for coming along. And uh, again, some strong words, uh, some strong perspective from him. Uh, but just a quality individual, yeah, yeah. a quality, quality guy. Just to kind of reiterate what you said, Greg, before the interview, I think a lot of kids are going to stay home and play for him. Highly respected, uh, terrific motivator, and a unbelievable background coaching and developing players and you think he's a little bit old school you can kind of that that kind of came out just a little just a little little bit bit, right just a little bit he's old school you know he's not a fan of seven on seven yeah he's more about training yeah come train and it didn't have to be with train with him just go work on your craft train don't get caught in this and and uh you know i hope people don't think the last couple weeks we've been bashing seven on seven because i've said there was a lot of good at about seven on seven. Sure, you know, it's a lot of great way to get work in, a great way to compete, get better, keep keep you busy, stay off the streets, go work out, do all that kind of stuff. So in no way are we trying to bash it. But now you can tell Coach C is uh, he's old school in his methods, man. He wants you just to work on your game and, and get better. So yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, no, not at all. Another guy who was kind of old school like that, who just said, hey, you know, forget about this and let's go work on that. Kobe Bryant. Mm. That's what that's what that interview reminded me of. That sounded like Kobe Bryant talking where. You know, Kobe was, he's against AAU. He thinks it's a huge waste of time, a lot of bad habits. I'm talking about basketball Yeah, here. but here's the issue with it. Because I was covering basketball back in the day. Yeah. Kobe played a lot of AAU. Yeah. And he took a lot of shots. And he tried to basically, that was when guys were coming out after high school. Sure. So Kobe kind of used AAU to really get his notoriety and his stock up to get seen by NBA scouts. Yeah. And so... I'm a Kobe guy. Actually, I wore a Kobe shirt in here last week. You know I love Kobe. I was always a Kobe guy. But sure. When I heard him saying, oh, AAU is this. I was like, Kobe, you played AAU, and yeah. you played it kind of as selfishly in terms of shooting 80 times a game as anybody. So sure. let's, let's, you know, let's not be that guy who's going to do, <laughs> do one thing and then preach another. Yeah, But, that's, but it, it could be back when he played to now where things have changed like they have with football, right? Sure. But, um, man, I love Kobe. He's a he's a goat. We need to get some we need to get some guys, man. Paul George, LeBron James, come on down. I don't know if that's gonna happen, GB. Hey, man, I'm gonna speak it into existence. What are they gonna do with ball? Point guard. 
Not if Lavar's got anything to do with it. Dude, Lavar's going to ruin it, man. That's He's my only issue. I, I still think Lonzo's got talent to lead a team. But if you had him at the one, Pete Paul George at the two, LeBron at the three, put Ingram in there at the three, four, whatever. Actually, LeBron will play, LeBron will play the four. Yeah. Have Le- older LeBron at the four, yeah. Ingram, at the, Ingram at the three, Paul at the two. The center position could be me and you. Doesn't matter. Yeah, we'll get those time. four guys. Yeah, shoot, who cares? We might be good, huh? Yeah, I do championships parade coming back, coming back to LA. Well, hey, yeah, we went way off topic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did, but that's all right though. You know what? It's, <laughs> it's our Friday. show. It's, it's Friday, Friday, and it's our show. We can do what we want to do. But we appreciate everybody for hopping on and joining us. This is a Friday, five star Friday. And I hope you enjoyed the interview with Coach Charlie Collins over there at Oaks Christian. Uh, Check us out next week as we are on uh, Wednesday. And uh, we got a whole brand new show for you Wednesday and Friday of next week. So without further ado, let's bring this baby to a close. There's a new sheriff in town. And his name's Richie Hammond. Y'all be cool.